This is an ACB community call presented by American Council of the Blind. This Unmute Presents Community Call was hosted on Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Unmute. Thanks for all coming and being here and participating. If you have the tech questions, go ahead and raise your hands and we'll get to you. We just want to make sure that we get through everyone's first questions. And if we get through everyone and we have extra time, we'll definitely take second questions uh, and be respectful. Give everyone the same respect that you would want for your question to be answered to everyone else in the same way. So we appreciate that and everyone else does as well. And if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, you can always Reach us at feedback at unmute.show. And Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Marty, and I have an echo in my head. So give me a quick second so I can turn that off because that's always fun. Oh, yeah. You always have echoes in your head. Oh, we won't talk about that. I appreciate you mentioning the email address. And I do see we have a hand. We'll get to that here in a moment. And thank you to Monica. And I believe Herbie is connecting us, though we didn't officially uh, figure that out. So thank you to Herbie for making that happen as well. And uh, the listeners on ACB Media 5 for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to give you a recap of some of the content that's been published on Unmute, but Marty did mention the email and we are working on some interesting projects. So if you have any positive and or negative feedback about Unmute and and the content that we're producing, uh, we don't like to, to ask for feedback a lot, but we're in the process of trying to gather some of that to improve the experience for everyone. So if you have any feedback, uh, again, positive and negative, please write that out and or uh, share it with us live and we will uh, gather that up and make some changes to help produce a more streamlined and better experience for everyone involved. Now, on Sunday, we published an audio, and I didn't tell Marty that I was going to do this, but I I, got to mention and be fully transparent. Marty sent me this audio that says, identifying music with your mobile device, and he shows you how to do that with Siri. And as I was editing it, I guess I did mention it in the recording. As I was editing it, I'm like, we should tell you how to do this on Android and the blind show. So if you're curious about what music is playing around you, and you have one of those three platforms, definitely go check out Sunday's episode and get the content in under two and a half minutes. On Friday, Lynn and Marty sat down and talked about Apple's new products that they released for the iPad. Uh, Apple had some good announcements today. I wonder if Marty wants to talk about that in a moment. And then they also recapped the Google I.O. event. On Thursday, we published a podcast episode with Lucy from Games to Play with Lady A. And she came and talked about uh, Lady A and different different basic tasks you can do. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's those everyday tasks that we complete and uh, we don't really think about it. So she goes over some of those basic uh, tips as well for you. And then, of course, we published last Tuesday's call. Um, so I'm going to actually ask Monica if we have any hands and Marty has some talking points to fill if we don't have any. So Monica, do we have any hands? Okay, we have Chrissy. Hey, Hello, Chrissy, Chrissy, how are you doing? Hello, how are you doing? Good, good, thanks. Good, good. Two questions. One, do you have a recommendation for a a phone recording app? Like if I need to record some phone calls. And two, is there a way for a blind person to use the measure app? 
And I'll, my first question to you is, is it, are you looking for this on a computer, on a phone? What, on what a are you phone. I'm sorry, on, on an iPhone. Excuse me. Yeah, well, if you're looking to record, I can highly recommend Just Press Record as a third-party app. It works great with voiceover and all of that. Well, and I, I'm talking about like recording phone calls, yeah. uh, like taping phone calls. I didn't know if that, that's what I was thinking about. I don't... Is it anything like that? Yeah, I don't think Apple lets you do that. And someone will let us know for sure if we're incorrect in that. But I don't think you have the capability of recording phone calls on the phone. However, okay. and here's here's something to be aware of, uh, because yep. I'm all about finding you know loopholes and stuff. If you do need to record a call, you can set up a Zoom meeting that always records the conversation. And then you and the person you need to record can call into that Zoom meeting and then when you're done, it will email you a copy of that recording. So if it's something you just need a recording of quickly, or you need to talk to someone and get a recording of it, that could be a solution for you as well. Gotcha. Okay. And then what was your other, oh, the measure app. I have not used it. Uh, I do believe it can, you can. Um, so in the measure app itself, there's additional functionality. So if you have a phone that supports LIDAR, for example, on I the do. pro Okay, so in the measure app, you can go in there and you can configure it um, to let you know about different objects in your environment. And it can also give you the distance between you and a person in front of you. And that information is accessible to voiceover. I do recommend checking it out. Or if you go to the um, Living Blindfully website, you can do a search for measure app um, or or uh, I, I would just search for measure app and Jonathan Mosin put together a demonstration showing you how you can configure the measure app and what you can uh, track the distance of. You might want to say measure app with accessibility or with voiceover. Otherwise it might show you. No, no living blindfully easy. is all going to be accessible. So if you just type in measure app and search, it'll bring up all of the posts that he's done with voiceover in the measure app. Okay. I can do that. Thank you. Yeah. Next we have Beth. Hey, Beth. Okay, yeah, I just got an iPhone 13 mini, and I'm wondering, since it doesn't have a home button, you know, I I go, like, start from the bottom and kind of hold, and then uh, go up, and, and I can, some sometimes I um, hit abs, which are when I don't want to, like, and then, and then, you know, like, just say if I'm going from one app, just say, I'm going from just say clock YouTube, just say sometimes I go app, you know, hit app switcher when I don't want to or oh. or I'm on YouTube. And and so how do I do that? Sometimes I do it right. Sometimes I it, so, it uh, goes out so, of that app. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's two things. You put your finger on the line at the bottom and you slide up. Now you're gonna get a first haptic feedback or tone and then you let go and that'll take you to your screen you know your home screen but if you keep your finger on there and you keep sliding up you'll get a second uh tone and that's going to take you to the app switcher where you see all of your open apps and stuff if you wanted to close apps that are running in the background that's how you would do it you would do a three finger swipe up on each app once you get there. But if you're not trying right. to do that, then you just try and listen for the first haptic feedback and then let go. And it will take you back to your home screen. So what, haptic feedback, you'll like, hear like a little vibration and a little tone. So, so, so I don't like, I put, I put my finger on the line at the bottom, but I don't really like hold it. 
Well, you keep your finger on the line as you're sliding up. When you hear the first uh, tone and haptic feedback, then you let go and it will take you to your home screen. If you keep your finger on there and you continue sliding up, the second tone uh, and or the second haptic feedback will take you to the app switcher. Okay. And another thing, um, now I use the side button on the right to, you know, tell Siri, you know, call so-and-so, but I can't get the power off with that button. So I'm wondering where's the power on these. Um, so you can do phones. one of two things. If you just need to like restart your phone and you're up to date on your operating system, you can invoke Siri and you can say, restart my device. And then it will ask you, are you sure you want to do this? And you say yes. And it will shut your device down and restart it back up again for you. If you want mm-hmm. to shut it off and you want to keep it turned off, you would go to settings, general, and slide all the way down to the bottom and you'll see shut down. You tap that and then it will shut your phone off. You can actually oh, okay. tell Siri to turn off the phone. I just did it because I didn't think you could, but it will do that now too. So if that's oh, easier cool. for you. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. Lots of ways okay. to do it. Thank you, Marty. Thank you. Next, we have Deborah Armstrong. Hey, Deborah. Hey, so I have a solution to recording telephone calls I really like, and it okay. works with all models of telephone. Don't it? And it does not have the suction co- the suction cup. So that's not what I'm talking about. It is called the Olympus TP8 Telephone Pickup. You can get it on Amazon. And what it is is an itty-bitty microphone that fits in your ear, kind of like a binaural mic, but tinier. It's very tiny. So it fits in your ear like a hearing aid or an earbud. Uh, And you plug it into any recorder. It works with my Victor Reader Stream. It works with my Evo. It works with all my Olympus digital recorders. And what's nice about it is the volume level for you and the person at the other end is uh, is identical. And um, so it's just like an earbud, but it's a microphone. I think it's a it's about thirteen bucks. It's really cheap. Oh, and wow. I've found it to be far more accurate than using an app because you're using your recorder, which you know and love, like your Victor Reader Stream. Uh, you do have to uh, set the Victor Reader Stream to microphone input external microphone input rather than line in and uh it is one of those um what do they call it fake power it's you know it gets phantom power power. phantom power yeah you know what i'm talking about yep okay Uh, you can explain that in more detail i'm going to go on mute you understand how it works now if you um could possibly send us a link to that so we can check it out. That would be really awesome. I, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm okay, going to find cool. it. I wrote it down. So thank you. I, TP8. I really... Olympus TP8. Yep. It says telephone pickup, but it actually does not have the suction cup duper. Gotcha. Okay, because cool. the suction cup only works with a wired phone. It's not going to work with your cell phone. Perfect. Cool. Well, thank so, you very much. We appreciate it. So I'm going to go buy a microphone here, Marty, uh, while we're talking, because that, that looks, looks pretty, pretty cool. cool. Ooh, you got some serious echo going on. Yeah, we are hearing hearing some some feedback, feedback, I think, from Herbie, because we're hearing Zoom Zoom audio back back to us. us. Um, Um, Monica, do we have have any any other other hand? hand? Okay. Okay. And I can't can't Herbie because he's he's broadcast. Herbie? Herbie, are you there? So you can mute him. He's just not going to be able to participate. Are you still hearing yourself? Yes. Yes. We don't have any raised hands in Clubhouse at the moment, so I'll go meet and get everything. Okay. okay. We can work with it, but I don't know that the list. There we go. I don't know that the listeners would actually like it. Uh, no one really apparently has any questions today. So, um, Marty, 
Why don't what we talk in, about the new yeah. accessibility features that were announced today? Uh, and first for what, what, Michael? What was what was uh, it announced for? What is Thursday? Uh, Thursday's Global, Global Accessibility Awareness Day. So I was kind of surprised that Apple made their announcement today and didn't wait until Thursday. So let's talk more about that in a moment because I do see we have a couple of hands, Monica. Yep. Jewel. Hey, Jewel. Uh, yeah, how's I just it going? a quick question, and it's another uh, world, uh, non-English language question, so I'm not sure y'all can help with that. Um, so I'm finding that um, books in other languages are not going to translate to the Braille code for that language. And I was wondering if there's something that can translate it so that the computer thinks this, it, you know, like, for example, when you read something on a website in another language with voice over JAWS, it says, oh, this is that language. Is there a way to do that where the Braille will then pick it up um, with, say, a um, DAISY file or a, um, a, P- a BRF or something? So I don't have an answer for you, but I do have a question back for you. Have okay. you by chance, um, and, and I don't know that I've seen your name, um, reached out, even though you don't have it, to the Orbit Research mailing list? And the reason I ask that is because I know there's several multi-language users who are using specifically Orbit devices, and they could give mm. you directions on how to do it with Orbit devices, but maybe that knowledge could be applied to whichever uh, Braille display you're using mm-hmm. in order to because I'm going to be fully transparent. I don't know enough about multiple languages right. and support for that to provide you accurate information. So that might be a good resource. And I can email you a link to that mailing list if you'd like. That would be great. Yeah, I'll reach out to them. I'm not using an Orbit reader, but I, like you said, it could translate over. And I am a member of a Facebook group called um, Using Braille with Your with your Devices and Multiple Languages or something like that. And I've asked on there and nobody's sure. Um, I'm like, Bookshare books, like for example, there's some bookshare books in Spanish and and you know partly in Japanese and stuff, and it's like they don't translate to the Braille code, and mm-hmm. they not are not sure how to do that. Well, so, I just okay. sent you that mailing list, so good luck. Thank and you. That will help you out. Awesome. All right. Who do we have next, Monica? Beth is back. Hello, Beth. And see, Herbie, what we were talking about prior to this call is I can use Reaper to take out those uh, quick silences while people are getting unmuted automatically, which is kind of handy. Beth, are oh, you hello. Hello. And that I can do, but it's... Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody was mentioning about a recorder. Now, I have voice recorder on... My phone that back then I didn't know just press record was um uh was another app, but but um yeah, I was wondering how I can um get my stuff like there there were some things off voice recorder I do want to keep. So how can I get it off? Then I'll delete the voice recorder and uh probably put that just press record because voice recorder that can be very confusing to use um and when I go in the app. It kind of like it's almost like the voiceover is on on like talking on the phone, you know, like you almost have to like it goes through your phone, like like just say yep. talk, you're talking on the phone and you hear the person from the other end. So I don't know, but it's kind of hard. <laughs> so I think I understand what you're saying. Marty, do you have any suggestions for Beth? Um, I'm not exactly sure what you're trying to do, Beth, to be honest with you. 
Well, I think- I'm trying to take stuff off because I have voice recorder app and I have something that somebody sent me from their Dropbox and I put it in voice recorder. Right. It's uh, this lady singing uh, this um, blind lady. And yeah, she went to Iowa Braille and sightseeing school a long time ago. Um, and I want to keep that, but I don't know how, how, if you- where I, do I put that on my computer or do you, how can do you I... want to keep what's in the Dropbox or what you put into your voice recorder? I put that file. That it's a file. Put that in my voice recorder. Yeah. So, so uh, you can download that from the Dropbox and save it anywhere you want on your computer. You would just have to um, choose where you want to save it. So documents or desktop or whatever the case may be. Um, I mean, unless you've brought it into your voice recorder software and then made changes to it then you probably could export it and save it wherever you wanted. There's probably an export feature out of your um, audio software that you're using. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like So, so Beth, what I would look for, because I think you're using Voice Memos, which is the built-in uh, app by Yeah, default. I'm using that too. If you yeah. open the recording that you and you can play it, right? If you find the ones that you want to back up or keep to your to uh, keep out of the app, just to be safe, hit that share button on there and just email it to yourself. And then you'll have a copy of it in your email saved. And then if you delete the application, it should still be in your email there. And then when you get just press record, if you want to bring it into that application, open the email that you sent yourself and then tell it to open the file and just press record. And then you'll have a copy in your email and then you'll have a copy in just press record. I don't think you need to worry about losing any content out of voice memos. If that's the app you're using, because voice memos stores its information in iCloud. So even if you deleted it, you're not going to lose the recordings, but if you want to back them up and have a copy of it, that could be a good solution for you. One of the things is that you could open the share sheet and save it to five. Files, and then you could put it anywhere you want, documents or wherever you want to put right. it. Right. I'm using that in voice recorder. It says voice recording and an audio editor. Um, it's um, now I do have voice memos, but I use the voice recorder, which is that on your uh, Windows machine that you're doing that? That's on my iPhone. It's it, it's um, your voice recorder is the app. I put it on there a long time ago, probably when mm-hmm. I had an iPhone 7. I don't know, but. I didn't know about just re- press record. Yeah, that's a really good one. It's not too expensive and it does allow you to save the files wherever you want. But by default, okay. it creates a folder in your folder structure and you can go find it and you'll see that it says just press record and anything you record will be there. But the cool thing about that app is it can also um, take the audio and turn it into text. So you can do that oh. as well. So if you were to record something into it, it will do both at the same time if but you choose to set people, that up. Oh, sir. But some people just have voice memos and that's all they really need. Right? Exactly. But that doesn't okay. translate your text though. Right. Right. So even voice recorder, I can still share like yeah. the, that file to myself. Yep. You should right? be able to show that to yourself and, and hopefully that helps you. And again, Beth, if you need to go back to the podcast for today and you can listen to uh, these mentions, if you're like, I don't remember what they said, and hopefully that'll help you with finding that information. Okay. Okay. Th- well, thank you. Mm-hmm. No problem. Who do we have next, Monica? We have Chanel. Hey, Chanel. Okay. So I just thought of a question and I'll try to put it simply a little bit ago. So is 
I, thanks to your recommendation, I have been using Clean My Mac and I am still though finding where I'll go to open a file on my Mac and it will suggest like apps from boot camp. And I think this was residual from when I used to have virtual VMware Fusion installed on here. And those apps, of course, are no longer available. And so, you know, then it says, okay, delete app, but I am trying to find all these remnants or something so I can, you know, not have them presented as options in my menu for open with, which is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But I was just curious if you knew of any better like app cleaners per se for the Mac or yeah. <laughs> so clean my clean my Mac isn't cleaning those up for you? No, I can't, you know, and I've I've um was having a look now just myself poking around in the libraries and different things. But um I, I wonder, found some what? I was gonna say I wonder if you have some weird thing running from bootcamp hmm. in the background and because it's running, clean my Mac won't uninstall it because it won't uninstall something that's running. Oh yeah, I should take a look at my activity monitor and see what's going on in there. That's a good idea. So I would definitely try that. Okay, yeah, because it was from, you know, the old when I did virtual machine and you could do things called like share, share the drive or, yep. you know, share apps and share things. So, you know, bootcamp is obviously, it, virt I don't use virtual machine anymore. And whenever I say, okay, fine, open in this word window bootcamp app, it says, you know, not available or I don't remember the exact message, but. Um, I don't, but yeah, I'll, I can try to take a look. So most apps, when you install them, they don't just install the icon in the application folder, which a lot of apps do do that, but a lot of right. them also put stuff in a bunch of other places. Now, yeah, when you go exactly. to remove the app, and if you don't have any special software, most people think that they delete the app from no. the applications <laughs> folder and put it in the trash and then it's all it gone, which isn't way. typically the, what happens. So... There used to be another app, which I cannot remember. This was years ago, but it was before Clean My Mac X. And you would see all it would do is remove apps. It would remove every remnant of it. The thing was yeah, you had I to keep it not running. And then when you would take the icon and drop it into that space when that app is running, you would it would show you all the places it's removing any remnants of that. Now, Clean yeah. My Mac is supposed to do the same thing, although they load a bunch of other stuff in that app as well. So it's kind of like a Swiss Army knife of tools. It is, yeah. So um, I would try seeing if it's, something's running and if it is, okay. you can make it stop and then try and go back and uninstall whatever else is left over. And I have one other suggestion for you. Just sure. Because, you know, we're all about suggestions. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago on Unmute, I did a podcast recording uh, showing you how to set up rules using Hazel on the Mac. Oh, and that monitors uh -huh. a folder to be able to move or uh, modify files based on your requirements. One of the preferences in, ha or one of the preference options in Hazel is uh, to clean up app deletion. So when you oh. delete an application, it pops up a table that you can view that'll show you all the files and all the folders and it'll say we're going to delete these uh, would you like to proceed that doesn't like help that you old with, app marty was yep, talking about yeah yep, that doesn't help you with cleaning up past apps and there may right. be some automated ways using hazel to be able to go back and clean up those files that voice i haven't memos. looked into apps i did recently photos hold on one uh, second double Monica, tab i think someone's on mute I think you're talking. Photo. Oh, no. Game. 
May 12. Raffle tickets. No, it's someone Video. using uh, iOS device in the background. Swipe on that me? Landscape. It could yeah. be. It, did charge your device just say landscape? Charge port to the left. Okay. okay. All right. I think we got it. Okay. All right, so, <laughs> so um, there may be some rules out there that you can go in that would actually search your library for non-related applications that are no longer installed. I haven't actually researched that. Hazel okay. is not free. It's something like thirty-two or forty dollars, somewhere in that price range. But right. to me, the value is well worth it. So, that might be worth looking into. And then the last suggestion I have is a tool that I forgot about on the Mac until I was listening to a show, um, which is designed to go and clean up your Mac and kind of kind of do a similar things to clean my Mac and it's called Onyx and uh, oh, yeah. that might be worth looking into to see if that helps it as well. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very much. I appreciate Good it. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Yep. Who do we have next, Monica? We have Patty and then I'll go to Herbie. Hey, hey Patty. Patty. Hi. I want, I have a answer for the person who was asking. Okay, thanks. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, we, we can hear okay, you. Okay, thanks. You too. You're welcome. How about you meet yourself? Anyway, um, uh, so I have an answer for the person who was asking about the voice recorder. All right, um, let's hear I it. use yeah, I use voice recorder all the time. I love it. Um, record what you're going to record and use headphones so it doesn't pick up your voiceover. Um, then um, when you want to offload that for yourself, hit share. And then it will say share MP3 and you can share it to your OneDrive, to your uh, uh, Dropbox, wherever. And then you have either the options, you know, if you want to delete your voice recorder after that or information from there, you have it on those drives. And you can also transcribe to text. You will hit share and then you swipe until you see uh transcribe to text and there are lots of options in the updated version so anyway i love voice recorder and i couldn't do without it and if you um talk on the speakerphone you can record your phone calls there too so anyway (laughs) i do not work for voice voice recorder (laughs) maybe you should apply you can be their marketing person (laughs) Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We'll take a look at it. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. And I'm sure Beth is uh, uh, thankful that you are uh, a user of the Voice Recorders app. And that's a, a app I might have to check out. And thank you. Monica, I, who do we have next? I will go to Jewel. Hey, Jewel. Um, I thought Herbie had his hand up for somebody in Clubhouse. It's actually down now. Oh, okay. All right. I just want to give him that chance. So I also had a thought, um, a question. Um, I have an interest in doing something with focus and or um, the, uh, what's it called? The, the one where you, the, assist, um, the accessibility feature where you can focus on specific apps. And I'm trying to figure out if there is a way to mute any app that is not actively running in the background. 
Is there any way to do that? Like say I have like three apps running and I only want notifications from those three apps, but those apps can change. If you were to go into notifications and settings, you should be able to go through every app and tell it either turn on or off notifications altogether. And then if you choose to turn them on, you can choose which thing, whether it's an audio, whether it's a banner, whatever it is, and be able to customize it that way. Right. But going through that list takes a while and I don't want to have to turn them on and off every time I want to change my focus. I was hoping to find a way to like, if I close an app out of the app switcher, it no longer sends notifications. If it's in the app switcher, it sends notifications. There's no way to do that. Not that I know of, unless you you could do do not disturb, or you can do like some focus mode where you, but when you go into that mode though, then like, for example, do not disturb is going to silence all the notifications. Right. And that's not what I want. Yeah. I like if I have, for example, overcast and mail and phone, uh, not phone, um, overcast mail and Facebook open in my app switcher. And I want just notifications from those, but then I close overcast and I don't want notifications from overcast. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you could do that. I was going to suggest you could create a focus mode where you turn everything off except overcast and whatever else. But But I want it to be fluid. Yeah, yeah no, I don't know how you could do that. Yeah, I was hoping that there was some way to do it because that would be so easier than creating a whole bunch of focuses and having to switch between them or switch them on and off all the time. Because, you know, that's a long it. list. Okay. So potentially what you could do, and I haven't looked there, but where I would go is to the shortcut tab. Look under automations. And under automations, what I would do is if an app is closed, I think that might be an automation, then disable notifications on that app. <laughs> I was kind of thinking that I was like, well, I wish Darcy were here. <laughs> so if, if that's that. not an automation there, there, that's the way I would address that because mm-hmm. immediately, no, within the operating system, there isn't right. really that setup. Marty was right. You've got to go in and, and pick and choose yeah. notifications. It takes too much time. Specific focus mode. Um, if, if the apps were fairly regular and you just wanted to switch between, let's say you need to get notifications from three apps in the morning. And then in the afternoon, you need two or three different apps. Then you could set up some automated focus modes to switch between those. For example, every Monday from 11.09 a.m. to 11.27 a.m., which are very odd numbers, but it (laughs) encompasses the time that I'm live, my phone automatically goes into do not disturb. The only person who can get through is Mallory, my wife. Even if someone calls me three or four times within 20 seconds, they're not going to get through because I don't want to get interrupted. And I don't even think about that, which is kind of weird to pick up your phone and all of a sudden you're in a different focus mode and you're like, what's this? But it can also be handy and that might be a way to have yeah, around um, the idea for you. Unfortunately, my schedule is very fluid day to day and week to week. Gotcha. So it really doesn't work that way for me. But gotcha. I'm thinking shortcuts might be an idea. Maybe I could reach out to Darcy. Yeah. And probably no more. Thank you. Of That's course, let us know what you find out because that is an interesting problem to solve. All right, Monica, do we have anyone else? Yes, Juliana. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. yep. Oh, okay. Um, uh, what is, I have a 12 mini iPhone and want to know what is hotspot and should I have it on? So in your house, do you have Wi-Fi? Yes. Okay. So hotspot on your phone works very similar to Wi-Fi in your house or in a coffee shop or anything like that. The only difference is the hotspot 
is coming from your phone. So say, for example, you're in a public place and you don't really trust the public Wi-Fi in an airport, in a coffee shop, something like that. You can put your phone into um, that mode and then you take the device that you want to get on the internet with and you connect to your phone and your phone will act as the hotspot. And nobody else could get on that if you have a password. You know, I mean... They may see that it's broadcasting a uh, name of your network like any other Wi-Fi would broadcast. But if you password protect it, you're the only one who can get on it and nobody else can get on it. And then it will use your data. And, you know, to so you would want to check with your service provider to find out how much data they have on your plan if they give that to you. If they don't, then you'll have to ask them what it would cost to add that feature. And it is different than, for example, if they tell you you have unlimited data or you have 40 gigs of data or whatever the case is, that's only for your actual phone usage for yourself, not hotspot. That's a different data plan. Still confusing, but anyway. So, 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 Bell, let me see if I can help clarify a little bit, and this might work. So, let's say that, and I'm going to use the blind shell as an example because the blind okay. shell has a hotspot too, and we can apply this to the iPhone if it helps. But let's say you're out and about and you only have cell phone service on your blind shell, right? But you wow. have your iPhone with you as well, and you need to check your bank account. Well, the blind shell doesn't have your bank app, or it doesn't have some app that you need to use on your iPhone that you need internet for. If you don't have service on your iPhone, it's not going to work, right? Right. So if you need to go out to the internet and you're out and about and you don't have service on your iPhone, it's not going to work. What you can do on the blind shell is turn on hotspot mode. And what this will do is the iPhone will say, oh, there's a, a hotspot called I, uh, blind shell hotspot under your Wi-Fi networks. So you connect your iPhone to the blind shell hotspot, and now you're connected to the blind shell, and you can use the internet as if you were using the internet from the blind shell, but you're using it from your iPhone. Does that make sense? Okay. So you can also connect a computer to your blind shell or to your iPhone's hotspot. It's like having a portable Wi-Fi network in your pocket. Your okay. device, oh, the blind okay. shell so becomes this, your wireless internet. So not to turn on the hotspot while I'm at home. This is when I go out somewhere. Only blind. if you need to connect other devices that don't have cellular service. So you don't okay. need it just to use the internet on your blind shell or on your iPhone. You would need it if you needed to give one of those devices internet. Okay. All right. And Thanks. that's why I was saying check with your provider yes. to see if they have given you any data for your hotspot option on your phone. And if not, how much would it cost to have some? Because if you don't do that and you turn it on and start using it and go, hey, this is great, you could get a big fat bill from whoever your carrier is for using a lot of data over your phone's hotspot. And oh. newer newer versions of iOS do check to see if your device is provisioned for it. However, it's always safe to call and check, which means it, it shouldn't let you enable it if you don't have it. But I always say call and check. I have the latest um, updates, so that's, right. that's good. Right. I would still oh. call and check just to be sure. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Good luck. I remember helping a customer with Nextel who they didn't have uh, data caps and she had a $3,000 bill because of her uh, lack of knowledge of internet uh, rate. So uh, yeah, always yep. go and check. Who do we have Nobody next, wants Monica? that kind of a bill. Yeah. We don't have any hands right now. Oh, perfect. All righty. So Marty, what was announced today? Well, there's all kinds of new accessibility features that are going to be coming to the new iOS 
Um, they made an announcement of some of that stuff today. Do you want to talk about some of those? Yeah, so I think it's interesting that someone brought it up. Maybe they had asked about it because they uh, read about this. But um, the Measure app is coming with the ability to pretty much do live text and uh, you point your phone at something, and it'll read the text for you, it sounds like. Now, all of these are just from a press release. I haven't actually observed any of these in action, but Apple is, is teasing this. They'll um, probably have more demonstrations of this stuff in a few weeks at WWDC. So we'll probably see more about it then. Now, the other thing that I would suggest, or the other thing that they have coming up is the simplified view. And I'm really intrigued to see how Apple handles this. What this will do is provide a simple view to the iOS platform. So right now you have that grid of apps and that can be, especially for someone who can't understand spatially items or for someone who might struggle with using a touchscreen, difficult to grasp the concept of. Um, and, And sometimes it's easier for someone teaching someone to use the iPhone to explain, hey, let's go up and down a list, for example. So uh, there's a way, there will be a way that you can invoke a simplified version of iOS that will provide either a grid or list in in a a grid or list interface to interact with your mobile device. And one of the other features that appears, I hope they do this for all, and we'll know hopefully in a couple of weeks if they are doing it for all, but it at least for this simplified interface view of the iPhone, they are bringing the phone and FaceTime applications into a single interface called Calls, which I think is what needed to happen forever. Um, That way someone can easily access the Calls application and then decide if they want to make a voice call or a video call. Um, And so that's just a couple of recaps. Uh, If you go anywhere on social media, if you want an article sent over to you, send us an email while you're sending us your feedback to feedback at unmute.show. But that's the big news throughout the tech world this morning. I'm curious about once you invoke that, I wonder if they'll allow you to set up any apps you want in whatever order, you know? So you invoke Mm -hmm. that and you say, I want the phone, I want text messages, I want email, you know? Yeah. So we'll have to see. I suspect they will. That would be awesome because I'm thinking that from from a individual who supports others who are trying to learn the iPhone. And if I could help them organize their most valuable applications so it only takes them a second or two, they'll get they'll understand how useful the iPhone can be and they won't get frustrated with it as fast. Another thing that uh, I slightly read about this morning, and some people will love this and some people will hate this and it will drive them crazy. (laughs) But if you go into voiceover, as you all know, voiceover users, you can speed up or slow down how much you want voiceover, how fast you want voiceover to speak or how slow you want voiceover to speak. And from what I understand, they're adding this feature to yep. Siri. So if you yep. want Siri to go really, really fast or really <sighs> super slow, then supposedly you're going to be able to do that. So we'll see how this goes. But I have a feeling some people will love it and some people it'll drive them nuts. And before I ask Monica for who we're going to take next, I also want to give you a quick tip listening. If you didn't know, your A-lady can also speed up or slow down their voice. Simply just say your wake word and then talk faster or talk slower. And yes, Marty, mine is sped up. Monica, who do we have next? We'll go to Jewel. Hey, Jewel. I had a quick question specifically about what was just mentioned, the list versus grid. Uh Uh-huh. 
as you know, with the grid, there are lists that you can have on your home screen. Will that continue to be the case with all lists? Do you know? So I don't know, we but don't I suspect know. it would not because what I suspect is going to happen is, and if people didn't know this, if you go over to the app uh, library, so if you flick mm-hmm. all the way over to the app library and you double tap on that edit field, mm-hmm. um, that'll bring up a search and you use explore by touch, you can feel towards the middle of the screen and there's an alphabetical list of all of your applications mm-hmm. and those aren't separated into pages. So I think it's going to look a little bit like that interface. That would be awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Beth is next. Hey, Beth. Hey, Beth. Again, you are muted. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just <laughs> ran across something. Um, uh, assistive touch. I I know that. Um, I know it's that on this um, iPhone 13 Mini. So, what do they mean? Assistive touch is that like people like maybe because I know this phone is extra sensitive when I touch things that I don't mean to touch don't know would I use that for something like that so you so what you're asking is under the accessibility settings what is the, what does it mean by assistive touch correct right right and I I don't I'm not even at settings when I was going to unmute I I heard an assistive touch <laughs> I wasn't gonna I kind of forgot yeah. about that I wasn't gonna ask about that but so so it looks like, uh, and I'm not familiar with this specific access uh, accessibility setting. I do recommend if you haven't picked it up, check out Shelly Brisbane's iOS Access for All book because she will go into detail, explicit detail about which uh, accessibility features relate to, to what. But it looks like the assistive touch is a button you can move around on the screen and have different applications to it. So um, if you need it, you can go in there and can in look at the configuration options to see if it fits your needs or as i said check out that book uh, uh i i think marty would suggest it as well yeah definitely it's a great book but uh, one other braille thing or? i would say is um it, it could be in your rotor you might want to check and see what's in your rotor because if you're okay. invoking the rotor maybe there's uh some things in there that you are hitting that you don't mean to hit. So I would mm-hmm. check and see what's on your rotor. And if you don't need certain things, you can remove them off the rotor so that you don't continue to accidentally hit them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I was actually going to ask about, like, just just say if, a, you know, I want to watch a lot of TV shows. The old, I like the old TV shows. It's watchnow.com. If there's a website that a blind person can't use, just say, how can I find out who um, uh, built the website or who who set it up? Because then I could like like maybe uh, ask if they can make it accessible. So the best way in that instance that I have found is if you're on a website that you can't access, reach out to the web developer and ask them, hey, is this something that you guys are able to do to make accessible? Here's some of the problems that I'm having. Um, there is going to be at this year's convention some um, sessions dedicated to advocating for web accessibility and what you need to do, uh, what you should do in those instances where you come across inaccessible content on the web. I don't know any additional details about it, but I do recommend um, that when you get registered on Thursday for a convention, you go ahead and look into those sessions and make sure to make those a priority if you're interested in web accessibility. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks. Perfect, Beth. Yeah. Monica, do we have anyone else? 
Yes, Jewel. Hey, Jewel. I have something for Beth, actually. Um, if you go into accessibility, physical and motor, and then touch, go down to touch accommodations, that is what you're looking for. It's going to be things like hold to touch, ignore, repeat touches. And um, the other one is like, if you hold your finger on it, it'll recognize the last place you put your finger for a single touch. So those will probably be what you're looking for, for um, like random touches. Like, you know, if you touch and then touch again, that's going to ignore the second touch um, until you hold for the right amount of time, for example. So that might help you. And another resource is under the voiceover settings. The last option, I believe it is, is uh, touch sensitivity. And you can adjust that as well. And that's what that that is. I was looking for that also. I couldn't find it. Thank you. Yep, no problem. That's the very last option in the voiceover settings. All right, Monica, do we have any other hands in the last 14 minutes that we have? We do not. Oh, okay. Well, everyone else knows their technology, so I'm glad to know that. If anyone has any tips for us or suggestions uh, for information we provided, feel free to raise your hand. Marty, do you have anything you want to chat about? Has anyone here tried out Macedon yet? Ah, ah, you mean my newest addiction? I would be curious to know what apps you're using. Yes, yes, that's a very good question. Uh, Bell, and then I'll let Monica answer uh, the other hands. But Bell, go ahead. You are muted. I'm sorry. There you are. There you go. Now we can hear you. (laughs) I'm using my space bar too (laughs) on my computer. Anyway, um, the Mastodon, is that a Twitter, what, client or whatever? I don't even know what to ask. I don't tweet. I don't Facebook. Um, I had thought about tweeting and I had a Facebook at one time, but I would say it's more similar to like a Twitter. Um, but my cool friends thing- don't know anything about it. They all they know is is my sighted friends. They they know tw- Twitter. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't know about Mastodon. Yeah, it's How somewhat newer. World? I mean, it's only been out, and I don't even think it's been out a, a year at this point, or maybe it's been about a year. But Mastodon's been around since 2017, but it only gained popularity since September of 2022. Okay. So the cool thing about it is, you know, you can get on there and, and be out there like everybody else, but you can also create your own, you know, space or server where you're only talking to people on your own thing. And you don't have to deal with all the other chaos that's going on in the rest of the world, you know, or advertisements or people saying stuff that you're not wanting to see or whatever the case may be. So it does have um, some really cool features in that way, which no other social media app or not many, let's say the big, huge social media apps don't allow you to do that. They want to, you know, fire a hose, everything at you that they can possibly fire hose at you. Yeah. Yeah. and, and it has gotten a lot easier to get set up now. Um, I will tell you another plug for his podcast because I'm not going to sit down and do as much of an in-depth uh, tutorial that Jonathan Mosen did at the Living Blindfully podcast. If you search for Mona on his website, you'll find the two-hour long tutorial to uh, give you a good understanding of how to get started on Mastodon if that's something you're interested in. Which, for to answer your question, as Marty said, it is like a, a Twitter alternative. Um, it does let you 
you post slightly longer posts dependent on the server that you're connected to, um, but it will allow you to post to people who are following you. And if you do get on Mastodon, you should just search for, you know, Payone and follow me as well, because okay. why not? <laughs> and uh, then what you can do is uh, you can actually read and reply to people's posts. Uh, probably not in the very near future, but in the, in the not too distant future, we may start producing some content showing you these. Uh, but if you want to get started now, as I said, go check out that podcast at Living Blindfold. And the bigger apps for Mastodon um, are voiceover accessible. They're really putting a lot of emphasis on making sure that the apps are accessible and they work with voiceover. So the bigger ones, you know, the top three or four all work really well with um, voiceover. So that's a really good thing. They're getting out in front of all of that right away out of the gate. So that's kind of cool. That's great. All right. Thank Thank you for raising your hand and asking uh, there, Belle. I figured that some of the people in the audience would have some uh, opinions about their favorite Mastodon app. Now, as I said, mine is Mona. That's the app that I uh, have invested into. Um, I use it on the Mac and on, uh, not Windows, on the Mac and on iOS every day. Um, And I just posted yesterday a quick overview of how I'm using uh, the numpad commander to navigate Mona with one hand, including being able to reboost items and reply to things by using the numpad commander on Mac. I'll ask Monica for this hand and then we'll see what app Marty is using. Alan. Hey, Alan. How you doing? Hello. I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, You're I good. wonder does Mastodon work with Windows? Well, it if definitely Mast- does in a browser for sure. You can get on Mastodon in a web browser. Okay. Yep. Uh, so you're you're on Windows? I'm on Windows 11. Yep. So there is a tool on Windows that is very popular in the blind community called Tweez Cake, T-W-E-E-S-E Cake, I believe. It might be Z, but if you search that, you'll find it. And that was created by uh, blind individuals. Um, so it is going to be fully accessible for your screen reader, or it can have some self-voicing options. And that will allow you to interact with Mastodon uh, from your computer. Will that work with NV with NVDA? Yes. Or? yes. Yep. It okay. works with NVDA. Okay. Perfect, Alan. That's a great question, and uh, thank you for that, Marty. It is fifty-two after. Do you want to tell people what Mona or what Mastodon app you use, and then I guess we can wrap it up. Sounds good. I actually use two. Um, I would say I favor Ivory, that works on iOS, uh, so iPhone and iPad. And I also use Mona. And the reason for that is because Ivory doesn't work on the Mac platform. It really is for, you know, more iOS. So I use Mona because I want to have a native app on the Mac platform. So I kind of use both of them. And before we wrap it up, I saw Bill raise his hand real quick. Bill, if you have a question, let's get it in there real quick. I'm, I just hit the wrong key. Okay. All Just right. wanted to make sure we acknowledged you before we closed it up. We so know you're out there. Are. How about that? Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So Marty, you want to wrap things up? And Yep. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for coming to another Unmute. And we want to make sure we thank Monica and Herbie for helping us out today. You guys are always awesome and we appreciate you. And if you have any questions, comments, or anything else, you can reach us at feedback at unmute.show. And uh, everyone have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thanks. 